uh, hello, uh, that Universal Podcast listeners. Um, I'm Nick, and uh, I'm joined on this special episode by Craig. Hi. You sounded really <laughs> surprised, even though we just talked before well, pressing the call button. No, you literally, the last six months you've gone, and we're joined this week by Craig. Craig. And, to, and today you went, we're joined by Craig. That is that is very true. I did I did I did switch up the style. You're you're quite right to, so to pick that up. So you caught me literally caught me with my pants down. Uh, well, it's not the uh, not the first time, and hopefully won't be the last. Um, I mean, that's something that we've done at Universal before, so that's very appropriate. Uh, very appropriate joke to make on this this episode. Um, well, remember what my nan used to say. Did he? No. Doddy, but one in the pink, one in the stink. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, I suppose. So, on her deathbed, <laughs> her final words. Um, so, look, we're we're here today, uh, and as you can see from the show title, it's not a regular episode of that Universal podcast because, as I've mentioned on the other podcast that we recalled, I'm basically taking a stance to Universal because well, there's not you've much. Paid, you've... You've painted yourself into a corner. I mean, I haven't, I haven't. Look, if there was some... If they turned around after we recorded this, if they turned turned around and said, here's the first five attractions for Epic Universe, of course I'm going to record an episode of the podcast. But quite frankly, talking about a big crowd at one of their Mardi Gras gigs and, and a new vegan food offering just isn't worth me getting everyone together to record a podcast, frankly. Yeah, but, I mean, right, we've never been a current affairs news programme. I mean, let's steal back, while we're sitting here now, let's steal back from Ryan, the ever-absent podcaster. Who? Um, Yes, exactly. Uh, Let's steal back an idea that I give to him, Mm. that he stole for his show, this or that. Mm. Uh, The Hulk or... Um, rock and what's it called? Rip Ride Rocky. Come on, Nick. Which one? Mm. Which one? Oh, oh God! I mean, that is that's horrible. I, I'd probably go for Hulk. I think it's a tough one. I'd go for Hulk purely because of that that fucking horizontal, yeah, no, that, that vertical, even that vertical, that decline, vertical, is, that vertical lift climb, which makes you feel like you're going to fall out at the top. Is just I the think, worst. I think we were in a villa one year, and we had the local news on, and we had news coverage of people getting taken out of the uh, cars oh, where no it thanks. failed. No thanks. No thank you. No. Hulk all day long. No I might get you. a migraine, I might have blurred vision, but if it's this or that, it's that. Well, maybe maybe that is a segment we should we should bring back. But as you said, I painted myself in a corner, I've, I've said I'm not going to record any more episodes, and you said wouldn't it be a good idea to uh, release one of our Patreon-only uh, shows on the public feed to give everyone uh, a feel of the content, the quality content they're missing out on? Um, I mean, Craig, yes. what, if you were... And I know you're very bad at this, so I know that I'm already regretting this decision, but if you were discussing with somebody... For, someone comes up to you, a listener comes up to you, as they often do, and says, "Oh, I've heard you've got a Patreon. What's the Patreon like? You know, how would you how would you sell 
what we do on Patreon to uh, a new listener? Um, pricey. <laughs> I mean, we just—I dis- I discussed with you some of the uh, the things that I subscribe to on Patreon, and compared to that with the no, amount of content, I, I it's say, much better value. What I would say is different. It's yep. different content. Uh, it's content that you can't get on just in the, in the world. It's yep. hidden behind the paywall. It's uh, at the moment we've Mister Mister uh, the Dabs of P makes him sound like he's got a bladder problem, and he mm. probably has. I think he has. Um, we what what was it called? Ride the movies. Ride the, the what we what we are going to play today is a ride the movies episode. Yeah, yeah. So what he did was all the current rides that were films and we we watched the films but we talked about the rides and then he went back round and did all the defunct rides if i'm not mistaken correct did, did, he? did he do twister you know what fucking lp oh dabs. my god we've it's got literally... one we've got one more episode to record how did he how did he miss that <laughs> How did he miss P-dabs. I hope you're listening to this on your 5am walk and you're shaking your head. Looking I mean, off. He won't be, but I'm going to make him. I'm going to message him when, when this goes out and says, you need to listen to this introduction. That is that is embarrassing. Um, I mean, we've been doing Patreon now for a good number of years. Um, originally, you were getting, with, with the, with the uh, subscription, you were getting the episodes early and ad-free. Um, you still get the episodes early. Uh, they're mostly ad-free, unless we do have sponsors at the time. But you get them normally between a day and, and five days before the public get the episodes. But we do record shows specifically for it. So, um, as you said, this one here is Ride the Movies, where we've looked at the Universal attractions. We also do, do This After Dark at the movies, where we would watch... A film selected by our Patreons. Uh, we've been going through the alphabet on Disney Plus and watching a film and discussing it, like a, a film review club. Um, there's Ego, when we record that, which is just you and me talking about whatever we want to talk about at the time. Uh, there was Mando Man. No, 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 still... no, no. We what? had the Patreons. The Patreons were asking us questions. And 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 that as well. And that as well. Yeah. Yes. Um we had Mando Any Man, which we haven't finished. We haven't finished Mando Man yet. When we was watching, we'll do that tomorrow. We'll do that tomorrow. Okay, okay, fine. Um, and even even before that, we've been doing exclusive shows for both the Disney podcast and the Universal ones. So there was a show before Ride the Movies that we did for Universal as well. And the great thing about Patreon, uh, or how we do our Patreon, is that everything is left up there now. I was yeah. telling you, I'm not going to name the podcast, but I, I told you today I subscribed to a podcast. They leave the audio all on their feed, but they produce a newsletter every month. And if you don't download it within you know within a month of it going live, it's gone. They take it away. They don't want people to have it. They don't, they don't want latecomers having access to all the content. We don't do that. If you subscribe to Patreon now, you will get about three and a half years 
of podcasts and that's all the stuff we've done publicly plus all the stuff that we've only stuck behind the paywall so it's got to be great money, be money. Un- 150 to 200 hours of content today easy easy uh, and it's and it's all yours for your subscription on patreon great prices and what is what's the place what is the place nicholas it's six dollars uh it's six dollars currently six dollars um i think there's also an option for five pounds it's all a bit confusing there's basically we've got two tiers which are supposed to be about the same price giving the exact same content but one's like done in dollars and one's done in pounds or something and that's why there's a slight variation can we in have price, one in but... yen can we have a yen one yes yes can we have an australian dollar one yeah the only one we won't be doing is the ruble that's a little bit uh, dodgy. Okay, we do accept we'd Bitcoin. Be billion- we'd be billionaires. <laughs> That's right. Ruble. If you want to pay us one Bitcoin, you can have access forever as well. Um, but yeah, so so there's different options there. But yeah, just 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 go for the the main one. That's that's fine. That gets you all the all the glorious stuff. Now we are talking about ride the movies, and I thought oh. just just because we're focused on this particular podcast. Uh, itself and not all the other content on patreon i thought i'd just go through um the the episode we've done because the the problem is craig as you know is that you know when when you do this stuff over time you it's easy to forget lose track of the ones that we've done so i know that you haven't got them all to hand i didn't i had to look these up as well so i haven't even been on all of them you've been on a lot of them though you've been I've on been on most of them yeah yeah so the first episode we did for Ride the Movies was um, Despicable Me. Classic. Yeah. Um, I refused to go on that one. <laughs> you didn't because you don't like cartoons. Um, and, and then we was obviously talking about Minions Mayhem. Uh, so that's yeah. the ride there. Um, the next episode was uh, Shrek, where we watched, I think, Shrek and Shrek 3D. And then we obviously talked about the, the Shrek 4D uh, attraction. So we did yeah, that episode. Classic. Yeah. We then did, and this was a very good one, uh, The Mummy. And of course, it's Ride the Mummy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolute classic. Uh, after that, episode four was uh, Fast and Furious Supercharge slash Fast <laughs> and Furious 6. Yes. Classic. Won't tell you how Mr. D felt about that. Uh, that particular episode, but uh, you can find out on Patreon. Um, then we did Definitely Hallows Part 2 and uh, Hogwarts Castle Adventure. What's it called? Forbidden Journey. Uh, Forbidden Journey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Um, then I know another favourite of yours was uh, Men in Black and its ride Men in Black Alien Attack. I love black men and I love aliens. And I love black men in aliens, and I love aliens in black men. Yeah, the whole the whole spectrum. Yeah. Then we had uh, the Simpsons ride and uh, the Simpsons movie. Bonus. Um, one which was a very I can't believe we did this one, but we didn't do Twister. Um, an American Tale and uh, Fivel's like Playland or whatever it was called. Did that? Fivel's wank fast, yeah, yeah. Uh, Didn't then, do that. Then we did uh, ET and uh, ET Adventure. Yeah. Uh, another one of your. Was I on all these? You were on, I'd say, about ninety percent of them. Uh, okay. 
Then we did Transformers and Transformers The Ride. Yo, whoa, I love that. Uh, the Born Identity and uh, the Born Stuntacular. Yep. T two and T two three D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, baby. Uh, Back to the Future and Back to the Future: The Ride. Bonus. Uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah, oh, Beetlejuice, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Beetlejuice for 20 years, and then in the last two years, I've watched it about six times. <laughs> uh, we did Earthquake and Earthquake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did King Kong 1977 and uh, oh. King Kong, uh, Confrontation. Yeah, that was me fate, yeah. Oh, baby. And then uh, finally at least up to now, uh, was uh, the Alfred Hitchcock uh, experience and Psycho. Brilliant. Yeah. So so that's it. So I was thinking um, from that, I was thinking about maybe T2 or Back to the Future. What, what do you think we should go with? Uh, I've got to be honest, right? Out of, all that, out of all that slate, that movie slate, what is your favourite? Oof. Think about your youth. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you talking about the ride or the film? The film. The ride is secondary. Come on. I mean, my favourite film as a kid from that list was was absolutely E.T. Okay, um, the ride. Think about the ride. The ride, the, the advert on the telly when Little Nick... Oh, well, well baby Kong, Cox. Kong, Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. King Kong, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be Kong, mate. So you want, you want Kong to go out on the main feed? I want I want to give the, the, the potential Patreons a taste of honey. Or bananas, in this case, because... Or you know, honey King dipped Kong. bananas. Yep. Because... Right. The, the ride for you is why you wanted to go to Universal as a little boy. It's very true. Yeah. I got to ride King Kong. I was lucky enough. I was one of them people. I uh, got to watch the 77, was it? A King yep. Kong film. Weirdly, for the stop, second stop. time in me. I was going to say, stop, because we, we give, we, we're saying too much. We're saying too much. Oh, okay, okay. But I think... I said think, too much. I think the point you're making is that this was a particularly special episode for the uh, the emotional attachment we had to either the attraction or the film yes. or, or both, because for various yeah. reasons we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that that's fine. That's that's what I was that's what I was wondering where we, where we should go, and uh, I th- I think it's a strong choice. Um, but if you've heard the other episodes that we've done, ju- and it, again, just for that show. You know, there's there's all the Disney uh, episodes we've done as well, and the Egos, and the Mando Mans, and the predecessors to those shows as well. Hundreds of hours of content, all for one low, low price. Um, so if you like this episode and you think, you know what, I'm going to take a punt, see what else is on there, do it. The one thing about Patreon is you can cancel, like, you don't have to have it for months. Just do it for the months. months. That's it. Do it for a month. Cancel if you aren't enjoying it. 
listen to it all in one month just how like you you really won't be able to listen to it all in one month i think you could (sighs) you'd have to do a lot of commuting to do that hundreds of hours of content man oh yeah but imagine if you're taking out conifers or something no this uh, you know what you always think of something that i i don't um so with that said uh you are now going to hear the King Kong slash confrontation episode of uh, Ride the Movies. Um, thank you very much for, for listening to the content we put out normally. Um, and if as I said, if you like what you hear, come join us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Um, and Craig, um, over to you to say goodbye. I'm going to get in the time machine. I'm going to get it up to 88 miles an hour. And join us, will shall you, as um, Adam the Woo would say, and let's go back in time. The excitement of motion pictures comes to life. Welcome to Universal Orlando Resort, the home of Universal Studios. The only place on Earth where you can ride the movies. We're about to take you behind the scenes of some of the amazing rides and attractions at the number one movie studio theme park in the world. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Patreon-only show, Ride the Movies, where we review the films that inspired some great and some not-so-great attractions at Universal Studios Florida. This month, we pay another visit to the eighth wonder of the world and we review Confrontation and the 1976 film King Kong. Uh, Joining me, as always, is Nick... Now, as a wrestling fan, the eighth wonder of the world could either be Andre the Giant or China. So I get very <laughs> confused when people say it's Kong, which is obviously the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, Craig? Uh, <laughs> I think you watched the wrong film, Craig. I think, he's, I think he's getting confused. There is a universal link there between George of the Jungle, which was what Craig was doing. And, and obviously Brendan Fraser and the Mummy Ride. I think there's some some link there. But I was doing Jimmy Savile at 0.5 speed. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can hear, Mr. D is also joining us. Hi there. How are we doing? All right. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. So, yeah. so we we've, we've come to the point where we have found Nick's theme park inspiration uh, in confrontation. Finally. He gets to talk about it. Um, after all these it. years. <laughs> just, or cry about just, it, yeah. Just cry about the love I lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we are going to look at the, the 1976 film, which in, inspired the, the attraction. But first of all, as always, I'm going to ask what everybody is drinking. So starting tonight with uh, Nick, what are you drinking? I'm very boring tonight. I've literally just got some cherry Pepsi Max, so... Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. Craig, how about you? Oh, English tea, breakfast tea. Uh, and on, on that note, I've got some uh, orange and pineapple squash, or cordial, however you want to call it. So I'm leaving the last till best. Mr. D, what are you drinking? Because you've always got something good. Uh, well, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise you, see. I like to wrong foot you from time to time. So I, I've also got breakfast tea. Okay. Oh yes, I've got a big, uh, I've got a big semi-final tomorrow, and I've got to be in peak condition. Uh, 
Job you finished that sentence differently then. <laughs> a semi-final for what? A uh, golf match. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know they had, big, I didn't know they had semi-finals, but... Crazy. Is it an internal um, an internal club yeah. tournament? Yeah, it's oh. a knockout competition. We got through the semis, so... Going to be a tough day tomorrow. Got to be just right there. How many holes will you be sticking your balls in? 18, hopefully, unless it goes to extra time, Oof. which has take, been known. Comes down a sudden death. Take uh, take some blue pill, blue shield, blue blue. blue, blue. I, haven't, I haven't had blue extra shoe. time since blue I was shoe. about 23. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is what happens when I host first. Mm-hmm. It's also what happens on Patreon <laughs> when we just yeah. kind of let the, the chickens rule the roost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, getting on to the subject, um, confrontation, it opened on opening day on the 7th of June, 1990, uh, and it closed on the 8th of September, 20, uh, 2002. <laughs> 2002. Oh, I'm losing the plot. Um, and it was replaced by Revenge of the Mummy, which is still there, which we've uh, previously reviewed. Just a couple of facts on the ride itself. I'm sure Nick will have some to throw in as well, possibly. Um, there was two animatronic Kongs in the attraction, and one of them, the one at the end, was 39 feet tall. Um, and my other fact, because there wasn't loads about it, um, one that wasn't on the wikipedia page but the attraction was actually worked on by disney legend bob gurr uh, he left disney Grr. to work on this this attraction for universal so nick did you have anything you wanted to add to those facts yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to find the bloody thing uh c- come back to me in just a minute because <laughs> I, I actually had a really good fact about it but okay, I mean, we'll, we'll move on to the film then for now. Well, you look, can throw them in. One one quick thing um, is that uh, the the track for the attraction is still in the mummy. Yeah. Um, because of how it was constructed, basically when they were putting the mummy in, they found it was going to be, I think, too hard to remove it. No. So yeah, um, but. I'm just trying to find the name of it now. I am going through Wikipedia really quickly. Um, there was a TV show. You can see why I've forgotten the name of it. I've now found it, right? It was called WMAC Masters. Mm, right? Catchy. It, exactly. It was a kid's show, right? And it lasted two seasons, started in 1995. Um, the first season was hosted by Shannon Lee, who was the daughter of Bruce Lee, and it was basically like a choreographed fighting show. So think of it, I suppose, like when you're watching uh, Mortal Kombat, but on demo mode. So it's just a computer fighting against each other. It was like that. It was it was like real life people fighting, but it was like all planned in advance they'd like do all the stunts and stuff anyway the reason why it's important is because they filmed it at universal studios but one of the the fight locations that they would use was at uh, the ground of confrontation so like the, the streets below you interesting i didn't know that yeah it's there's a few um 
there's a few episodes on YouTube. Uh, I, I found out about it going down a real deep rabbit hole, and I didn't at first. I'm looking at it going, is that is that confrontation set? And I had to do some more research, and yes, yes, it was. And I used a few other Universal Studios locations as well, obviously. Um, but yeah, so the uh, the New York streets that you you don't obviously see much of because you're elevated in that attraction, aren't you? Um, but yeah. yeah. They, uh, they use that, so there you go. Oh, and also in the mummy, um, in the in the first room you you move into, um, when the mummy is talking to you, and he shows you all the golden treasures that are available to you, uh, there is a Kong statue in that room. Yeah, uh, you pointed uh, that out to me when we went. Yeah, is it on the right or the left? I can't remember now. Left, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I think right. There's an e. There's an ET statue, or like there's an ET kind of like little thing, and there's a Kong statue, and one's on one side, one's on the other side. Um, but yeah, you, you only get to see it for a few seconds. So you've got to kind of like look quick, but uh, when you've found it, you, you kind of know where it is. Yeah. Right. So there's some nice facts about the attraction. Now we've got uh, some facts about the film. Uh, it was released in the US on the 17th of December 1976, um, and followed the following week in the UK on the 26th of December, 1976. It had a budget of $24 million. Anyone want to take a guess at its box office? Mm, 83. 103. Mr. Day? 70. It didn't quite make it that far. It didn't... It just doubled... Its budget uh, it came in at $52.6 million. Ooh. Um, so, and if you look on its Wikipedia page, it's actually been adjusted for inflation and it comes in at about 90 million these days. Yeah. So, it, it didn't do too badly, but it wasn't great, uh, especially for something that was quite popular. It wasn't a monster mash. I smash. contributed no. my 75 pence. Or whatever price of a ticket was back in the day, because I went to see it when I was a kid. It's amazing, isn't it? I can tell you the first uh, when I first went to the cinema uh, alone, I was about uh, eleven, nineteen ninety four, Baby's Day Out, and that ticket cost me, I think, two pounds fifty. Yeah, so it's amazing. I can't the price remember of what, what it cost back then, but it would have been not a lot of money. <laughs> Although it would have seemed like a lot of money at the time. Yeah, that's two First film I went and saw by... I know the first film I went and saw by myself. Couldn't tell you how much it was. Um, And it was Phantom Menace. Oh, (laughs) well, I feel so old. When you say you went to see it by yourself, you mean there wasn't anybody else in the theatre? No. (laughs) No, that was Attack of the Clones. (laughs) I saw When I saw Attack of the Clones... I actually remember the first film I went to see on my own. Oh, really? I don't remember. I mean, no. Well, when I say I on my own, which one I went to see. When I say on I know, my yeah, own, yeah, like not one of my parents. Yeah, yeah, I went with a friend, but uh, we didn't yeah. go with our parents. Um, yeah, when I saw Mine was a Bond double bill, a Bond and a um, police academy. What? <laughs> what a That's strange a double, double bill! bill <laughs> they were both on at the same time, mid eighties. So what? What Bond was that? Octopussy? Mid-80s, that would have been, yeah, something like that, one. I think it was a or, view um, to a kill, was it? 
Beauty of Kill, yeah. So what that was about whatever then. police academy film was out at the uh, same time. So I think Beauty of Kill was eighty five, so that was probably Police Academy four, maybe? Three? Yeah, something like that. Mm. I mean Stuart Allen's went on the bus. When I saw Attack of the Clones, Anthony Daniels was in attendance. He came and introduced the film. It didn't make the film any better. No. So, some facts about the film itself. It was also known as King Kong, The Legend Reborn. Um, the first time, yeah, the first time Dino De La Laurentiis saw the animatronic Kong arms, the middle finger was risen to demonstrate how they worked. The finger got stuck for a week and didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> Something well, that we'll, get back, a, we'll come back to that finger later on. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we get to the reviews of the film. Yeah. Something that's become more commonly known about this film um, in recent years was Meryl Streep auditioned to play the lead role, not Kong, obviously. Um, but <laughs> uh, De Laurentiis was talking to his son in Italian, not knowing that Meryl Streep could speak the language. Uh, what he'd said to his son was, in translated too ugly for King Kong. Oof. Now, which which is horrible because I mean she would have been in a costume, and I, I know what you mean. I know you mean there, Peter. It was about obviously she wasn't up for the role of King Kong, but we are yeah. talking about Meryl Streep. I mean she's a bit of a comedian. If she wanted to play King Kong, she probably could have done it. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um. So, talking of that lead role, Jessica Lang's film debut was this film. She hadn't appeared in a movie before that. Um, the voice of Kong went uncredited, but it was Peter Cullen, he of Optimus Prime fame. I found this out yesterday myself, and <laughs> yeah. I could not believe my my what I was reading. Yeah, uh, and talking of uh, other famous people that. Um, ended up in this film doing something that they weren't particularly well known for. Um, Kong himself was played by Rick Baker, uh, the special effects extraordinaire, who built the suits um, <laughs> so he could specifically play Kong. Um, he was up against another special effects guy um, who built his suit for another actor, whereas Rick Baker actually built his so he could play him. Um, so he ended up playing the monkey-suited Kong throughout this film. Um, and Faye Ray was offered a cameo. She turned it down because she didn't like the script. Hmm, smart move. Yeah. So that is all of my facts on the film and the ride. I've got Who one more fact. To... I've got one oh. more fact. So, and, and it's really in the first note of my thing, but it doesn't matter. So I was surprised when the Paramount logo came up at the beginning of yeah. this film. I just assumed that this was a Universal film, hence why Universal made the attraction based on the film, right? Yep. If you look into the history of this, um, they were trying to make a King Kong film at the same time. And when they went yeah. to get try and get the rights, uh, Paramount sniped them. Michael Eisner was involved in this as well, because he was at Paramount at the time. It's all very shady, as you'd expect. Um, so they decided they were going to do their own version of King Kong, I think it was called like The Legend of Kong or something, um, that was going to come out uh, shortly after. Well, originally it was going to come out at the same time and then there was a lawsuit 
And it was all to do with a novelization that was in a public domain. And that's how they were going to get away from being able to do their own version of, of the King Kong story. Uh, but in the end, uh, they never they never got to do it until Peter Jackson's in 2005. Yeah. And apparently Hammer were also trying to make a version at the same time. Jesus, if you this one looked cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wobbly set. So who wants to go first with their thoughts on the film and the attraction? I'll go, if you like. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. Um, so it obviously starts off with them, with the oil company getting ready to set off on an expedition and Jeff Bridges kind of pretends to be drunk and gets stored away. And there's there's a couple of little kind of hints as to what's going to come. I think one, it's one of the sailors, I think, says, oh, here's to the big one. And, you know, you think, oh, okay, you know what's going to happen here. Oh, by the way, the music was John Barry of James yeah. Bond fame as well. Should mention that. Um, it's it's very 70s, isn't it? And it's, and it's look and feel. Um, yeah. And there's some, there's some sort of comedy moments and I'm not quite sure if they're meant to be comedy moments I, it's my, my first where... note was that I, I never felt mm. that Kong had a place in the 1970s it seems no. like a strange era for him to be in yeah I think he was too for the 70s to be honest yeah I mean there's, there's, some, there's some scenes there's a scene where the captain and Charles Grodin are um, having dinner and it's there's a storm outside and literally the dishes are sliding up and down the table. You think, surely somebody had invented like a rubber mat or something like that just to keep the stuff on the table. It was literally gone back and forth. Um, also not- noted that uh, Charles Grodin was was very cravat-tastic, Nick. Don't know if you, don't know if you spotted his you, little punch honestly, for cravats. Do you honestly <laughs> think I'm watching this film and not, not noticing every time he's wearing a cravat. Of course, I'm trying to zoom in. I mean, I, I pictured, I pictured you sitting with your cravat watching the film. That, that I thought you were going to say image. I sent that picture of Nick in the film. <laughs> yeah, you're both right. Some fourth wall shit going down there. Nick in a cravat watching the cravat. Watching the cravat. Whoa! Yeah, Inception. So, um, so obviously. Uh, during the storm, they pick up a uh, Mayday call. We'll come back to that in a minute. And that's when um, they catch Jeff Bridges, uh, or he, he actually comes forward. He sneaks into a little kind of briefing they're down as to where they're going and what they're doing. And basically, they're an oil exploration company, and they've got these satellite photographs of this island that is perpetually covered in fog. Um, so they're they're going to go and investigate it because they think there's going to be oil there. They're pretty convinced about it. And Jeff Bridges is actually a paleontologist, and he he wants to get to the island to explore it and catalogue the creatures that are there and all of that. And as they're taking him below, because he's a stowaway, they, they get him below, and he's he's walking along the deck, and he spots something. Nobody else can see it, but he just is like, look, you know, there's a there's something there. And it's a raft, and there's a very scantily, sexily dressed Jessica Lang, unconscious in the in the bottom of the the raft. And uh, somebody goes down and has a look at her and says, "She's alive!" And everybody goes, "Way!" The whole crew. She's I can smell her. Yeah, out at sea. There's a very 
There's a very dodgy bit where one of the crew members says, I've got first aid, I'm going to have to undress at the examiner. I is mean, that yours? That is definitely. It, no, but it looks like him, doesn't it? It looks like Richard yeah. Kiel, but I don't think it is. But he has, he has been in other movies, that guy. I'm not sure what. It's, um, I've definitely seen him in other stuff. It's the guy from Superman. It's Jack Harry. Oh, Harry. Yeah, Hello, right. oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen him in something else. <laughs> it's Christopher Reeves, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But here's the thing, right? So coming back to that, no, no, sorry. Um, Jack, uh, who is uh, Jeff Bridges, he gets the smelling salts and he, because he, he was studied medicine for a year before he became a paleontologist. So he puts smelling salts under our nose because you've got to have studied medicine for a year to know that you've got to do that to bring somebody who's unconscious back awake again. Um, she wakes up and she says that the that she was on the deck and the yacht exploded and yeah. uh, she didn't want to watch a movie, which is the reason why she was up on deck on her own, because it was Deep Throat, so her life was saved by, by Deep Throat. Right, so if the yacht <laughs> exploded, who made the Mayday call then? <laughs> right? I mean, you know, when a yacht blows yeah. up, I mean, it's like, it's only a yacht. It's not like uh, the Titanic where one bit of it blows up and it takes two hours to sink. I mean, if it blows up, it blows up, Right. So who made the Mayday call? There you go. We'll, we'll leave that hanging there. Um, lots of shots. You may as well leave then, it hanging uh, because the bloody scriptwriters did. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was quite a few sort of dodgy, dodgy script bits in this. But anyway, you know, it's the 1970s. You can get away with a lot. Um, well, there's then lots of shots of, yeah, of Jessica looking kind of wistful and sexy and posing about the deck and all the crew members are all giving her claws and stuff like that. Um, oh, by the way, she's into horoscopes and the horoscope said she's going to meet the biggest man in her life. So wonder what that could mean. Um, and uh, let's see. And then he's, and then they, they get to the island and they come ashore and Charles Groden says, let's not get eaten alive on this island. Dot, dot, dot. Get the mosquito spray. You're like, hmm. That's not, I don't think it's mosquitoes you've got to worry about. Um, there's some great shots of the beach in the island. Not quite sure where it was shot, but it was quite pretty spectacular. I think it was Hawaii. Yeah, was it? it yeah. It yeah. Had that sort of look, didn't it? Quite volcanic. Yeah. And, um, and then they, they sort of explore the island and uh, they, they, they come across the natives who are conducting this big ceremony and they're hiding behind the rocks and then they get spotted and, and it's hardly a surprise to get spotted there's like 10 of them they've got binoculars and they're about 20 feet away and it's like a shock that they get spotted but anyway they then want to trade six of theirs for for jessica line um which seemed like quite a good deal actually but anyway i'm, I'm not quite sure why because this is a South Pacific island. I'm not quite sure why the natives are look African. Again, not sure that the scriptwriter had any idea about geography. And they actually use some pretty dodgy language at one point as well. Did anybody notice that? What Charles Grogan calls one of the natives? I did not It's definitely that, not politically correct. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to say what it was, but definitely okay. not politically correct. Even in 1976, baby. Um, and then, um, there's lots of, there's lots of things going on between kind of, uh, 
Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lang, they're starting to they're starting to kind of get it on. Um, but then the, she gets captured, she gets swiped from the boat by the natives, and they take her back to the island and they're gonna sacrifice her or offer her up to Kong. And she gets tied basically between two poles, but they just wrap the, the creepers for so for one thing, she's half conscious, but she's standing. So I'm not quite sure how that works. So she's on her feet, but then they wrap these creepers around her arm. They don't tie them, though. They just wrap them around her arm, but she still stays there while this huge ape comes through the trees. So I don't know. Maybe there was super glue on the creepers or something like that. Um, but the big reveal, the Kong reveal, I thought was pretty impressive. I mean, obviously, this is 1976, so special effects were decent, but they weren't they weren't great in every respect. But the big, the big Kong reveal, I thought, was was actually pretty good. Yeah, I've uh, got that noted down that when he first appears, it actually doesn't look so bad, considering no. it is a guy in a suit. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's once yeah, they it's start adding her to it, that yeah. there's a problem. Yeah, it gets, it gets worse later on. Yeah. Um, but that first scene was, was quite well done. Um, and then, you know, Jack arrives to try and save her and some of the other some of the other guys and Charles Grodin says, Oh, I fell in a hole and it's it's like a massive footprint. I mean, how he didn't see that, I'm not quite sure, but he, he literally fell in this huge, huge hole. But then um Kong kind of is off with Jessica Lang and he gives her a bath. And he's definitely getting he's definitely getting a bit randy. And <laughs> as, um, my, as my note said, Kong is fingering her and wants to see her boobies. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's where that stock finger came Fucking in. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Who wrote your notes, Craig? <laughs> no. Who fingered no, her? I just watched your movie movie. And... No, no, well, not I mean, yours. He definitely. Not yours, P Dubs, is one. He definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely some monkey business going on with that, right? That's where the line um, comes from. And did anybody notice when? When they when they get to the big log across the ravine, and they cross the log, did anybody notice it? It was obviously done in a sound stage. It just sounded indoors. You could actually hear the footsteps <laughs> echoing. Right, <laughs> and then they're halfway across, and Kong suddenly appears. He's like a fifty foot high giant ape, and when he moves, he crashes down trees. And when he walks, his footprints are so deep that Charles Grodin fell into them. They're about two feet deep and yet nobody saw them saw him until they were halfway across the log it's like oh my god there he is so he, he basically wastes quite a few of them really there's only there's only jack and, and one other left um and then there's the, the fight scene between then you're back to kind of kong and, and jessica kind of getting on but there's a there's a snake arrives and that bit is a bit crap really in fact it's totally crap it's, it really is a man in an ape suit fighting a huge rubber snake. Um, but um, Jeff Bridges managed to save Jessica and they bugger off. Kong's a bit pissed off and chases chases them. And it just seems like when he's running through the trees, when Kong is running through the trees at that point, it just looks like a guy in an ape suit. He isn't making any effort to look like an ape running. It's just, it's like a bloke walking down, you know, Oxford Street on a Saturday and deliberately <laughs> bumping into trees. I mean, For anybody just... that hasn't seen Craig's video. Yeah, yeah like that guy. Yeah. Um, and then somebody... What, like the, Disco Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, Charles Grodin is, is setting a trap for Kong. They, they, 
dig a huge pet and they fill it with chloroform. And did anybody notice there's a guy on a tannoy and they're, they're tracking Kong. I'm not quite sure how they're doing that, but they're tracking him and he's he's moving at 2.5 miles an hour or whatever it is. And the guy says, uh, um, um, monkey time to your position, five minutes or less. Monkey time to your position. I mean, he's got to be at least an ape. He can't be a monkey, for fuck's sake. Um, and then they get him with a trap, and then he get captured, and then they take him on a ship to New York. Um, and there's all sorts of stuff between him and Jessica. He obviously loves Jessica, and um, but he's kind of, I don't know whether he's accepted his fate, and he gets into New York, and then, of course, he, he busts up, and then you have the scene where uh, the, big, the big finale is up the World Trade Center, which is kind of interesting to see the World Trade Center again. Um, but uh, it, it, again, there's a couple of things. When he when he's revealed again, there's this huge petrol pump that comes out on a slide, and it's like I know it's a petrol company, but it just seems like really weird. And then they pull the thing off, and there's King Kong in a cage, and he's got a crown on his head, and how did they get that crown on his head and why did he let them put a crown on his head? Don't don't need to answer that one. It's a rhetorical question. Um He loves hats. And then yeah, um there's a good there's a good bit where uh Charles Groden, he gets conged good and proper. Um Kong just puts a bit down on him. So he ends up in one of those footprints, at the bottom of one of those footprints, just kind of coating it like a thin coating. Um like the one he fell into, and there's there's a bit of kind of judicious killing as well. The bit of the the woman he, he rips open the train to try and find Jessica Lang. There's a woman who's kind of dressed somewhat similar. He pulls her out and then thinks, Nah, that's not the one I'm looking for, and just chucks her away. It's nice. Um, it's the original version, the eight version of Tinder. <laughs> Swipe to right. Yeah, swipe. He did. He did. Didn't he? <laughs> or left. I don't. I right. don't know how Tinder works. <laughs> Um, and then I won't tell you what happens at the end, but it's a happy ending. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so of the of the three, all right. So you've got the 1933 one, then you've got this one, then you've got the, the Peter Jackson one. The best of them's a 1933 version. How can that be? All right. I give this one 52 out of 100. Well. Um. I'll count. Well, I won't counter that, but I'll kind of break that down. So, the thirty-three is probably the one I'm most familiar with. I hadn't seen the seventy-six one until yesterday, uh, and the two thousand and five one I've seen a few times as well. Um, the thirty-three just tells the story in kind of quick time, in a way. Like mm-hmm. you know, there's there's lots of stuff on the island, but it, it's always moving. It doesn't. It doesn't hang around with stuff not happening for long periods of time which is the opposite of peter jackson's peter jackson was like i'm gonna put in all the stuff that they had to cut out or um you know didn't film or whatever yeah um and he overbloated it and this one yeah. kind of falls in the middle in terms of like I, I don't know what the times are so maybe it's about the same length as, as the 33 one but again there was quite a lot of this that didn't need to you know far too much time on a boat and them at sea, like you, you do need to see all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So I, I think, what order would you put them in then? So the thirty-three, and the, and then what the two thousand five one? Peter second? Jackson, yeah, and then that's the last. I mean, the Peter Jackson one was 
great in parts and obviously, you know, far, far, far superior special effects. I mean, the special effects are amazing. It is just what you said. You, you summed it up perfectly, Nick. I mean, he just, he just bloated it. There was all sorts of stuff. And I, I still think, and it's a personal thing, but I still think the casting of, the, of Peter Jackson's was a bit odd in, mm. in terms of Jack Black and um, what's his name? Adrian Bowden. Birdie. Yeah, Adrian Bowden. I, I yeah. personally just thought it was a bit odd, but it was it was really good in parts and I really wanted to like it because I, I, I loved the original. Um but overall, it was a bit of a disappointment because it was so bloated and, and overcooked. I would say, uh, to anyone listening that hasn't ever done that, hasn't ever watched the original version from 33, even though it is, as you say, you know, it is a really old film, it's mm. still, I, I still, I still think it's a great piece of work. You know, yeah. there's a few films from that era, like Metropolis is another one. You know, mm-hmm. they still, you know, considering when they were made, like 90 yeah. years ago, they still look incredible, um, yeah. especially with the limitations they had. So, yeah, if you've never seen the 33 one, and for people in the UK, um, it's on iPlayer. It's it is, like, yeah. It's one of those legacy titles on iPlayer that you can watch at any time. So, um, yeah. yeah, if you've never seen it, do uh, do watch it. I've got it on various Blu-rays, and, yeah, it's a mm-hmm. great film. And the best one. Yeah. Yeah. What about your thoughts on the attraction, Mister Day? Because I'm sure you must have been on it. No, no, not the, not the Florida one, because we, I, I'm pretty sure we missed it. We didn't go to Universal the first few times we went to Florida because kids were young, and we we always thought of Universal is is more for older kids. So I think it was 2005 was the first time we went to Universal, and I think. It would have been gone by then, wouldn't it? Yeah, it 2002. Yeah, two two. Yeah, yeah. However, I think we did. I think we did the one that was in Hollywood because we were in Hollywood ninety two, ninety three. Um. So I think there was a version of it in Hollywood, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah, and it sadly yeah. burnt down. Yeah, it was caught yeah. as part so of the we... studio studio fire that they had. Yeah, so we did do that. So I've got some vague memories of it. Um, and I remember it being, you know, quite impressive at the time. Um, it's still to this day the largest animatronic ever built. Yeah, there's a. I, I'm trying to remember the scene. There's, you're like in a tram, and there's a scene with a helicopter in yeah, there. Yeah, newsreader. Um, yeah, that you can yeah. watch. The, yeah. on the when you're on the the tram, they'd put it on the the little screen in the in the tram, and they'd be playing right. the, the news yeah. report that was coming from the helicopter. Right, and you okay. you end up in the news report. Your yeah, yeah. which Universal were brilliant at, weren't they? Mm. Yeah, showing you in the tram going past on that yeah. disaster. Yeah, so yeah, I, you know, I think we only we probably only did it once, maybe twice. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I, I don't remember an awful lot about it, but I remember I remember that scene and the, the 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 big animatronic, and was was pretty impressed by it at the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, who wants to go next with their thoughts on the film? Well, I'll have a go. I'll have a go. Oh. Um, I I watched this yesterday, and I didn't make any notes. I'm not going to apologise, but I I've seen this film in the past, 
it's got to be out of a video shop at some point back in the day. And I remember this film beat for beat. There's something about this film that is so stuck in my head, more than the original. I remember watching the original when we were kids. Um, and then my ma pestered me to go and put me clothes away in my wardrobe. And when I went up to put my clothes in the wardrobe, my dad was hiding in the bottom of the wardrobe and jumped out. I nearly fucking shit my pants and died, literally. Um, because the, the 1933 one terrified me. This one, uh, oh my God. She is in a perpetual state of near orgasm through the entire film. Did you not? Did you not think that the way she's acting is it? Because oh, yeah. I had one note that's like later on um, when he blow dries her. Yeah, <laughs> and it is literally like she is having one right there and then. Yeah, you know when, he, when the... he must have nice breath, or he must, I mean, he must gargle with listerine or something. According to the ride, it smelled like bananas. Well, there you go then. I've never well, seen anyone look like that. Uh, in real life, so I've got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, she went through the entire film like that, like she was one fucking flick of the bean away from fucking shooting her guff everywhere. You know, just, can we just go and have one drink? Oh, one <laughs> drink. I just need one. You know, uh, it, it was... And uh, did, did you pick up when he, he picks up the chinchilla coat? And puts it over her shoulders, and she's like, "Oh!" <laughs> and the chinchilla, the King Kong must have fucking done something to her. But what she was like that in the boat when he rescued her, she was riding around in the boat, unconscious. Yeah, but um, the, the thing we got to remember with 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 her in this film, uh, or, or the character, the side of character in this film, is that she was obviously, uh, you know, desperate for for. Like Faye Way, I suppose, you know, desperate for that Hollywood big break. And she was clearly doing, you know, the 70s thing of trying to sleep her way to the top, which is so oh. problematic in itself anyway. But, like, yeah, she was literally throwing herself at anyone that looked at her. Yeah. I mean, from from my memory of the original, this basically follows the original beat for beat, more or less. Off the top of my head, I can't remember if fighting a plastic snake in the 1933 version, but I haven't seen that for so long now. Um, it's always all the way through the movie. I mean, it, it, it must take weeks that, but it's always a full moon. It's always a full moon. Have you not noticed that? Mm. It's just a full moon all the time. Um, the obviously, it's a man in a suit, but I loved that. You know, it just reminded me of um, the Japanese um, Godzilla movies where they're obviously men in, in, in suits as well. It was just so blatant. It, but, I mean, and then when you see the two towers, the twin towers for the first time, and they'd only been built a, a few years before, hadn't they? They were bloody brand new. Yeah. You know, and... Um, <sighs> And I mean, yeah, I should have made notes, but when he climbs up there and he puts her down, it is it is sad, you know. And she is fucking upset, and she does love him, and he does love her, and he gives us life. And I can't remember if that happens in the original one. I remember yeah, him much similar. They were on airplanes then, because I don't think they had helicopters back then, did they? Um, 
but I can't remember. Does he? Does he give it? Does he do the same? Does he put the woman down? He's on the Empire State Building in that one, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the the ending is just heartbreaking. I, th- I thought I thought it was so sad. I really did. You can hear the heartbeat going boom, 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 boom. I'm just seeing how far I could go before someone tells me to <laughs> shut the fuck off. <laughs> Jesus, but, um, you've given up saying that. But I, I fell in love with this film all over again. This is fucking fabulous. It's it's of its time. It's 1970s disaster movie. It reminded me of Poseidon's, um, whatever it's called, the Poseidon Adventure. It reminded me of Earthquake. It reminded me of all them classic mm. disaster movies. Um, I've got to give it a... It's got to be a 79. It's mm. right up there for me. It's cracking. It's better. Peter Jackson's was all right. This is better. Okay. Good. And did did you ever get to ride the attraction, Craig? I certainly did. Um, we rode it in '93. Um, I can't remember that, but I know we rode it uh, because I had some merchandise from the shop. Um, and then we rode it in 2001 when we took a cousin. And we, somewhere in the loft, we got photographs. So there was a, a big, massive hand you could pose. You go and stand in the hand and take, get your photograph taken. It looked like King Kong was old, yeah. Um, it was a fabulous ride. So it's the, um, oh, what's the tramway? The cable car across. The Roosevelt tramway, yeah. isn't it? The Roosevelt yeah. cable car. Mm-hmm. So I've... I've ridden that when we went to New York a couple of years ago. It does not zigzag round the streets like it does in this ride. You know, but, but, what an, this is right up there. This is right up there with yours for the, just the thrill of seeing King Kong. He was huge. And then he's rocking it and, and you're getting thrown everywhere inside it. And, and then, Classic Universal, as you get you know, there's fire, there's explosions. Because wasn't there a fire in this building as well? At one point, was there one? Might well have been. Yeah, I think there was because there's there's obviously there's flames going off and all that. Didn't uh, one of the animatronics malfunction? Something happened, didn't it? Yeah, and, uh, I don't know if that hastened its disma- demise. To be honest, I don't know if it ever reopened again. Jim Hill. Did a show on on a podcast. I can't remember. But anyway, when you when you're coming into the end and you get to see yourself in the newsreel and there's you getting thrown everywhere because that's what the helicopters do is taping you getting thrown everywhere and everything. Um, it was a brilliant ride. It was absolutely brilliant ride. I mean, the mummy is an absolutely different ride. It's just, it's just a roller coaster basically, but with a bit of theme. And, but this is sadly missed. I went on YouTube and I watched it again to 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 get a bit of a um, a recap. And we might do a deep dive. Nick wants to maybe do a deep dive on um, Kong Lives. I've started watching it. The the sequel, the nineteen eighty six sequel. Oh my god! Oh my god! 
There's King Kong boobies, that's all I'm saying. And there's a, a, a Lady King Kong strapped on the inside of an aeroplane with the man that she's fallen in love with. It's just a shame they couldn't, King Kong and Mrs. King Kong couldn't have got together. Oh, I think they do. I mean, in this film, in the oh, 1976. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, this 86 one, he just, he just, he's just having a stroll through the jungle and he lays down because he's tired and he just happens to be laying down on Mrs. King Kong. <laughs> what a discovery. Mm. <sighs> yeah, so let's pass it over to our Kong, Kongspur. As I was <laughs> talking <laughs> much worse than that. A Kongspur going on in I'll tell you what, I'm I'm such a Kongspert that I forgot that because really I don't know how this this kind of fits in. It's not in the same world in some ways, but um, Kong Skull Island still a King Kong film. Oh, it's a Kraken film. That's a good film. Yeah, Yeah. that is that is neck and neck with the 33 version for me. Even though I know it's Mm -hmm. supposedly you know it's a it's a different story, but still. Um, Anyway, my notes. Um, so, oh, it's Kevin Flynn. That was my first note. Uh, then that's quite the storm because, uh, I mean, that was a really choppy storm they were going through. Um, and that was before the table started like flying around. Um, mm-hmm. uh, funny enough, I then my next note after that, it's funny that this is almost set at the same time as Kong Skull Island because mm. I can't remember what year Kong Skull Island is set, but it is the mid 70s. Yeah. So it's somewhere, I think, between 74 and 76, I think. And I hadn't thought about that before. Um, then uh, I picked up one of the other, like Mr. D picked, you know, mentioned a few of the lines that kind of alluded to things. Um, I think it was Charles Grodin at one point said, stop spouting ape shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of hidden little puns in here. Yeah. And apparently, so, so you did mention something about the script about he wasn't sure if it's supposed to be funny. Uh, yes is the answer. They were trying to make a King Kong film for that time, which had more humour in it. So it's yeah. definitely what they were going for. But I don't, yeah, I don't personally think they achieved it. But there you go. Um, <laughs> then my next note is obviously after they find Jessica Lang, and I said she plays limp really well <laughs> when they were carrying yeah, out the boat. Crazy. She was she was doing a very good job there. Um, <laughs> then next note. Smashing cravat, Fred. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Dwan is an awful name. It is, isn't it? It's just terrible. Um, a deep throat joke in a family film. Uh, yeah. I guess it. I guess it was obviously very. Uh, you know, in the in the media cult, uh, psyche at the time, because it was like obviously a big film, very. Um, very banned and, and whatnot, but yeah, I thought that was a weird line to put in there. Um, Jackie's waist. Can we deep dive that? Uh, deep dive, deep throat. No, you're right. Um, Jack is wasting far too much film. It's not a digital camera, you camera, you lemon. Mm. I mean, the thing is, you know, there, yeah, are, there, are, uh... there are people listening to this that do not understand this concept, but you know, I remember the first time we went to Disneyland Paris in '92 and you know, we had about six rolls of film that we took with us and you you had to make every shot count because you only got about 30 
to 36 pictures on a roll of film. And you had yeah, no right. idea. So, I mean, typical rule was, was, yeah. Standard rule, I think, was only 12 or 24. Oh, it might have been, t- I think we had 24 could, and 36. Yeah, you could get, you could get longer ones, but they were, they were more expensive only. You could yeah. get like a 36 exposure roll, but. Yeah. So yeah, some people don't know the, the, the pains and troubles, but yeah, he was taking far, far too many pictures. Um, mm. How did he see them in that mist? I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, that's that, that was the thing. So I thought they, the uh, the tribesmen timed that really, really well that she was down on the dock of the boat as they happened to go past yeah. her. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they didn't even stop, did they? No, it was no, literally no. just like whoop, in yep. you go, in you go. Um, so here's something I observed. So you mentioned earlier about the first time you see Kong, the big reveal. Mm. Now we see a lot from his point of view, don't we? As he's going to, you know, grab her from the sacrificed, uh, pedestal, whatever you want to call it. Now, the thing that I didn't like about this, this is obviously a ritual that happens quite often. Oh, it's got to be daily. Yeah. Right. You can't so, feed a monkey that big once a month. Right. So, with that in mind, how comes he gets to push down so many trees? Yeah, I thought that. You think all be, the trees would be gone by now, wouldn't you? Right. They'll they'd be pushed over. Mm. Why, why do you push down the trees anyway? Why don't you just walk between them? Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Wouldn't make such a good movie, would it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, So, uh, Kong looks great. The screen, The green screen, not so much. Um, the se- <laughs> so this is the bit so what Craig was saying earlier about the uh, the log right the log sequence King Kong's thought, log yeah King Kong's log uh, not Craig's one um, I said the sets look cheap and these falling effects woof I mean they were I think every falling effect in the film was probably the worst special effects they had um, next note Kong is a sex pest that's yes. all I put um <laughs> although he took no shit off that snake I mean he, he ripped that mouth off the snake pretty and I will say this is probably the most violent Kong in terms of that you did see like quite a bit not loads of blood but you definitely saw more kind of visceral stuff than I think we've seen in the other ones um, then uh, then I put they haven't even gone on a date yet when she asks if uh, they get married again I told you very very desperate um mm. Next note was Kong was a pest, but a rapist, that's a bit strong. Yeah. Well, that was, again, like, you know, this is supposed to be a film you've taken the family to see. And I thought mm. some, some of that was a little bit off. Um, knocking a bloke off the bunk, I found incredibly funny. When he was uh, stuck in the hull of the boat and he started smashing the walls. Um, the effects, oh, yeah. Uh, then I put the effects in this very so much because... You know, some of the effects do look great, and some of the miniature mm. work really looks great. But then you've got this awful green screen. Like um, there was a there was a bit with the um, when Kong's uh, by the the two towers, he's at the bottom of the two towers, and they're behind him. But obviously they're using green screen, but the the image is far too close to where Kong is, so the perspective is all wrong. It's just, it's just ugh. Um, the petrol pump is hilarious. Uh, yeah, fuck, off, fuck off with the crown. Um, one hour fifty. 
That's the point, people. If you want to watch this film, one hour fifty, that is confrontation. That is the sequence yep. in the film where yeah. they have nixed the ride idea. I mean, all right, yeah. it's a uh, subway train rather than a tram, but you get the gist. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> then my next note after that. So, like, this is where um, Mr. D's happy ending when he gets shot the absolute shit out of. And again, very visceral, very gory. Um, and then he's lying on the building. She pushes him off. She pushes it. Don't like we all saw it. She pushes him off the twin towers. Um, awful falling effect, cliffhanger ending. Because at the end of the film, do they get together? Not Kong and Dwan, but uh, Jack, because she's calling out for him and she's still trying to get to him. And he's like, I don't think I need anything to do with this board anymore. So, yeah, that, that was a weird, a weird dynamic between the two of them. He, he bursts into her dressing room and says, Come with me. No, I've got to do it. Okay, well, we're finished. And then he goes down anyway. And she's like, Jack. And he's like, Rose. And yeah. then you, you just don't know, do you? I'm, no. I Is the doing it having monkey babies? Possibly. Depends <laughs> who got there first. Um, so I put Kong 76 as an interesting film. Uh, some of the effects are great, but some were absolutely dire. Uh, but overall, a pretty nice remake. Uh, I gave it a 69 out of 100. Maybe a little bit higher. Maybe I should have gone lower 60s. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it more than I expected to. And there's some great things in the film. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not the best uh, version of Kong by any stretch. No. For me. So let's get your thoughts on the ride then, Nick. Yeah, well, let, look, we'll keep it short. You know, this was the reason I've, I first went to go to the theme park. I never got to go on it. I've seen video of it, like Craig said, there's some cracking videos on YouTube. Um, it is one of those things that was quite ahead of its time in, in some ways and, and not in others. I mean, really, the reason why they got rid of it was it cost too much to maintain. You know, you've got a 30 odd foot animatronic, two of them, I think. Um, you know, you're going to get problems and breakdowns, and there was a lot of problems in the early years. So you could understand why they, they got rid of it, but I think it's a real shame. And yes, we've got a replacement now in, in Kong of Skull Island, which is obviously based on the, the Peter Jackson version. Um, and it's and it's nice, and I, I'm, I'm you know glad that there's a Kong ride that I can visit, and it's a pretty good one, but it doesn't seem to hold a candle to uh, confrontation. So um, yeah, one of the... If I had a time machine... And I could do anything, go back in time anywhere, it would be uh, September of 2002 and uh, do that before it closes. Right. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm just going to chuck my my few thoughts in. There's not lots because you guys have covered most of it. Um, I did note that it's uh, Rene Ubergene from uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine in it. Didn't realize that until I started uh, watching. Quark in it. No, Odo. Odo. Yeah, Odo. Um, and he pretty much does what he does best by giving explanations to everything. Um, it actually took me a while to realise it was Jeff Bridges as well when they first introduced him. I didn't recognise him. I'm used to him now being bald with a white beard. Um, so <laughs> didn't recognise him to start with. Um, the film, the, the opening stuff on the boat is... It doesn't feel as familiar as a lot of the rest of the film. It's it feels like a bit of a juxtaposition because um, it is quite different 
um, to what the rest of the, the film brings you. It is, it is quite modern, whereas the rest of it feels like it is just a kind of a remake with the island stuff and, and stuff like that. So I wasn't a massive fan of the, the early boat stuff. Um, I actually thought that the look of the island was pretty similar to Peter Jackson's version. Um, obviously, we progressed by the time we get to Peter Jackson's version. Um, and it intrigued me that Universal went for the New York side of the stuff um, with the attraction rather than the stuff on the island because we spend more time on the island than we do in New York. Um, so it does surprise me that Universal went with that. Um, then we get that... I actually didn't mind the tribal stuff. I thought it was quite interesting. Um, and, of course, we get that iconic sacrificial throne that we see in every version of the of the uh, King Kong. Um, so that was nice to see that they didn't stray very much from that. Uh, I agree that I thought the actual Kong performance is a bit cheesy, uh, that he didn't really try and perform like a monkey or an ape. Um, he was just kind of wandering around like a normal person in a suit. Um, I thought that the use of the, um, the hands, the animatronic hands, weren't great. Um, uh, sure, did... Jessica would agree with you there. <laughs> um, then I, I really like Jeff Bridges' performance throughout this. Um, I think he's, he's kind of underrated. I know, Nick, you're a massive fan of his because of Tron. Um, but I thought he was really good in this as well. Um, yeah. Uh, then I noted about the monkey hairdryer giving her an orgasm. Um, I, I did say that they, the ape scenes, kind of when you get the long-distance ones, kind of felt a bit like Ray Harryhausen. Apparently, he was offered the job and turned it down because he said he couldn't turn the film around in 12, 12 months. Um, wasn't enough time for him to be able to to do it well. Um, I did say, despite some of the suit's downfalls, it's quite menacing at times. Um, another one that I think Craig made my notes when uh, he's in the bottom of the, the boat and she chucks down something, don't know what it is. Um, it is like he was sniffing her knickers. Um, so Craig wrote that, that note for me as well. Um, I did note that Jeff Bridges is just as hairy as the ape. Um, and yeah, really, that was it. I didn't have much else to add to what you guys have, have given us, but I, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, same as you, Nick. I, I wasn't far off your score. I was actually in between you and Craig. I gave it a 74. Um, I enjoyed it. It kept me entertained for two hours. Um, it was an average film for me. Decent remake. Um, but yeah, the original for me is still uh, the pinnacle of King Kong films. So that was my thoughts and everybody else's thoughts. So that is it for King Kong. Um, we have got one more attraction left. Um, in the look back machine uh, of Universal Studios uh, Park. Uh, and that leaves us with the Alfred Hitchcock attraction. Um, and I believe the, the main film that was used in that is Psycho, which me and Craig have looked at before yeah. um, a long time ago, uh, about three years ago now, I think. 
Um, so that will be our last film in our look back at Universal Studios. Um, thank you, boys, for joining me as always. And sure. we will we will be back with that last episode uh, for the Alfred Hitchcock attraction next month. Thank you for listening, and we will see you for that episode. Bye bye. If Kevin listens to this before he goes to bed, he's going to be very disturbed. <laughs> <laughs>